Holy God, on our own, we are natural people without spiritual understanding. And so we need your help. Would you open our ears to hear so that we might turn and be forgiven by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hear God's word from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 25. Again, he began to teach them beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Thanks be to God. Imagine having an audience like Jesus had. The largest one in the area. I think of men like George Whitfield, Charles Spurgeon, Billy Graham, large audiences, 20, 30,000 people, sometimes more. And they use their platform to proclaim the truth of Jesus. But I also think of America's current largest church in Texas, with over 40,000 people every Sunday morning. 
Or I think of social media influencers with millions of followers, neither of which regularly teach a message of truth or eternal significance. What would you say if you had the ear of the world? It would be tempting to give a message of popular opinion, one that makes people feel good about themselves, don't want to go too deep, don't want to be too challenging because you want them to like you. The perfect balance may be between wit and wisdom. A message of shallow hope, self-help tips, the follow your heart encouragement, the prosperity gospel, or the just be yourself message. Although we're not told exactly how many gathered to Jesus on this day, we have reason to think that at other times, crowds of at least 10,000 were gathered to him. And the fact that he had to get on a boat and set offshore a little bit proves this is a large audience. In fact, some uh, physicists have gone and replicated sound there along the Sea of Galilee. The natural amphitheaters that the hills create show that thousands upon thousands could have heard Jesus' voice from the boat there on the shore. But Jesus doesn't give a message of self-help tips. He doesn't give a message of a prosperity gospel or a popular opinion. In fact, what he says is difficult. Not just difficult to understand, but even when understood, is difficult to accept. He doesn't try to please the audience. He says, listen, behold. Imagine maybe he had to shout it. Those on the forest stretches, can they hear him? That might be part of it. Can you physically hear me? But also, Jesus was asking, can you hear deep in your heart what I am saying? Yet, he calls them deaf. He tells three parables today. One, all three of them about the kingdom of God. The first, the parable of the soils, which we are familiar with. One is the, the lamp on a stand. And the third one is the measure with which we measure. <coughs> Jesus always told parables with a purpose. And often, it was to expose the hearts of those who heard him. Just last week, we heard that Jesus' own family stood outside the house. We heard that the Jewish leaders did not understand but came to challenge Jesus. Here in verse 11, Jesus says, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. There are two groups. There are those who are outside, who hear but cannot hear. And then there are those who are inside who hear and understand. How could it be? It seems so clear who Jesus is in the gospel of Mark so far, that he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Yet so few understand and so many misunderstand. Jesus addresses that question with his parables today as he tells us the nature of faith and the nature of the kingdom of God. And we learn that you must understand how to understand in order to understand. So those will be our three points. You must understand, second, how to understand, and third, in order to understand. You must understand. The Pharisees and his Jesus' own family, the bloodline connections, they are the first three soils. They are the outsiders. And the parables encourage those who listen to think 
Where do I fit in this parable? And is he talking about me? Later in Mark, in chapter 12, the Pharisees at the end of a parable say, we think he's telling this parable against us. Little did they know he's been telling parables against them since here. It takes them a while. But you must understand, the question is, you must understand what? When Jesus explains this parable, he makes it very clear. It's about the sowing of the word. A sower went out to sow the word. The word is what must be understood. It seems too basic sometimes, but sadly, I think there are times that we think we ought to understand something else besides the word. But this parable reminds us what we have to understand is the word that Jesus was proclaiming as he began his ministry. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God, repentance and belief. He's proclaiming salvation through himself. Forgiveness that comes through Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection. The people of Galilee are seeing the kingdom and they're seeing salvation being built right in front of their eyes. They are hearing it from the mouth of God himself as Jesus preaches and teaches. Yet how do they respond? Jesus uses a parable to show them how they respond. First of all, there is, they are the path. They are the soil along the path that is trampled, that is beaten down, that is hard. And when the seed is sown on it, it doesn't sink in because Satan comes in and snatches it away. It never takes root. They are also like the rocky ground where the seed lands and it springs up with great excitement and there is joy for some time, but there is no root because it is rocky. And so as soon as things get difficult, this seed that has been sown, the word that has been sown starts to be scorched and it dies because it did not take root. And then there is the thorny soil where the the word takes root, maybe with great excitement and it may grow up for some time, but the thorns overtake it. There's competition. There are temptations that end up winning out. The story of the rich young ruler in chapter 10 In verse 22, it says that when Jesus said, you must sell all that you have, give it to the poor and follow me, it says he was disheartened by the word. The word. This is the same word that Jesus uses here. The sower sows the word. And when the rich young ruler heard this word, he was disheartened by the word. He might have been soil like the thorny soil that had too much competition And because the Pharisees and Jesus' own family misunderstand, Jesus is making a parallel because he quotes, as he explains this in verse 12, he quotes Isaiah. And the prophets are full of references of how Israel, God's chosen people, the ones you would expect to get it, don't get it. They have made their idols. They have carved their eyes and their ears out of metal or out of wood or out of stone. Yet these idols have ears and cannot hear eyes and cannot see, just like the ones who made the idols. The Israelites are those who cannot understand as a whole. Not that there are not those who did not trust in Jesus. There are those who trusted Jesus. But the Pharisees and Jesus' family are now indicative of the status of the nation of Israel. Jeremiah 5 says, Hear this, O foolish and senseless people, speaking to Israel, who have eyes but see not, who have ears but hear not. Do you not fear me? 
declares the Lord. Do you not tremble before me? So the kingdom of God is advancing in what Jesus is doing, even though the nation of Israel seems to misunderstand as a whole, because now the Gentiles are understanding. This audience that is in front of Jesus, those who you would not expect, perhaps, are the ones now who understand. Now the promise goes out explicitly beyond the boundaries of Jewish bloodlines to all who have faith, to the massive crowd on the shore, and to you and to me. Here are the new insiders. The old insiders have proven themselves really to be the outsiders. And the old outsiders are now the insiders. This is the kingdom of God. So how does one become such an insider? Let's look at the next part here. You must understand how to understand. So how does one understand? We are given one case in this parable of understanding, and it's the good soil. And the word is sown, and the word is received by the soil. What does, what does one exercise in order to receive but faith? Faith is receiving and resting upon Christ alone for salvation. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Christ is sowing the word. Those who, Christ's word as it is sent out by the apostles, which Christ just equipped them to do in chapter 3, as they go and preach, this powerful word goes out, and those who receive it, hear it. Faith comes by this hearing. So can we just then conjure up enough faith inside of us to receive this word? Is that faith then the one work that we need in order to get into heaven? Now we know that this faith is given to us by the Spirit. We know, as Mark has reminded us again and again in his gospel, that natural man cannot understand spiritual things. The Pharisees are a case in point. Remember this truth from 1 Corinthians 1. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, but we have the mind of Christ. How do we have the mind of Christ? It is by the Holy Spirit's work who gives us faith. We are given spiritual understanding because of the Holy Spirit by renewal and regeneration of our minds, by the Spirit's work. Without Him, we are all hard soil. On our own, we cannot receive this word. We would fall into those first three types of soil, at least one of them, if it were not for the Holy Spirit's gracious intervention. So this drives us to humility. If you are convicted of your sin, and when you hear the message of Jesus Christ, If you're convicted, perhaps you are the one who now has ears to hear. Praise the Lord for his work to give us faith. One pastor says our application at this point, knowing that it is God's work that gives us faith, our application for each one of us sitting here right now is to ask the Spirit to help us, to ask him. If you do so, you're admitting your need of him. Admitting that you are an impenetrable soil on your own. You are a dead heart. By his sovereign love, God has chosen and set his love on his people. He has softened hearts and he has loosened soil to receive the word. Admit your need of that. Depend on his work. Confess your sinful nature. 
Such a posture of asking is evidence of dependence. It denies our pride, it denies our human ways of thinking, and it expresses and cultivates utter reliance upon Christ's work. That is faith. And so this parable is told that we might see what faith is like. It receives and accepts and multiplies. It grows. It will stand when things are difficult. Faith will stand when trials come. The sun will not scorch true faith. You must understand how to understand in order to understand. Jesus uses a double-edged sword, double-edged proverb, if you will. He says in verse 24, With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. This is a reference to a scale that measures grain. If your scale is off, your measurements are off. So there's a negative side to this. Verse 25 clarifies. It says, from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. And then there's a positive side. For the one who has, more will be given. But for the negative side, the religious leaders are the ones who have not. Their hardness of heart only grows. The natural perspective on Jesus, if not coupled with faith, will harden against him. We cannot conquer Jesus with human institutions or human intellect because it is finite. And so if we do not come with faith, our hearts will continue to be hardened and hardened against him. The word will turn us calloused. But on the positive side, for the one who has, more will be given. This is the parallel to the the parable of the soils. Here, more will be given. The seed will grow 30, 60, and 100 fold. Faith grows and yields fruit and multiplies. This is good. This is evidence of the Spirit's work, of faith being exercised. This is evidence of life eternal, even if sometimes just in sprouted form. So let us then heed the warning that these parables lay out for us. Let us consider whether we have this whole time, not just tonight, but in our lives, if we have been trying to listen through faithless ears. Or do you see fruit growing when the word is preached? Be assured, be encouraged when you see the fruit of the Spirit grow in you, when you see a hatred for sin increase, when you see an increase in love and joy and peace and patience. So first, what we have to do then is pay attention to the word. When the word is sown, let us be those who hear. Let's pay attention to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Preach the gospel to yourself every day as it has been famously said. Listen to it above anything else and do so with faith or else your listening produces no fruit. And as we heard earlier, let's ask regularly for the Spirit's help because we have to remember who we are. Let us ask that the Spirit would make us receptive soil always. But it doesn't mean that we put forth no effort. Jesus says in verse 20, the good soil are those who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. So as the Spirit is working, let us accept and bear fruit through the Spirit's power as the word is proclaimed. Friends, as we look at these soils, these are ordinary struggles. We are not above these things that these soils face. Let's take some warnings from the three bad soils. John Piper says this one, he says, the application point is don't stay up late on Saturday night. Don't come tired. How are you going to hear and accept the word if you have not prepared yourself to be a listener? 
Be careful what we do on Saturday night and Friday night and Thursday night and every other day of the week. How do we prepare ourselves to come and to hear God's word and to receive it? If you're on your phone, you're not likely to hear the word. You're likely that first type of soil. The seed doesn't really even sink in. It just goes in one ear and out the other. Prepare yourself for worship against Satan's schemes. He wants to snatch this word away. He wants to distract you. He wants to make you tired and he wants to make you forget what you hear. Rest, prepare, pray, memorize, and afterward, refresh your memory. If you're exhausted on Sundays or if you sleep through the blessings that the Sabbath offers, you're more susceptible to Satan's snatching. Sometimes you may come, you leave feeling like, oh, I've done my job. It was just a bad sermon this week. I didn't get anything out of it. Maybe. Praise God that there is not a bad sermon when his word is taught, though. That doesn't mean if you're tired, don't come. Come and receive God's word. But let's learn from the second soil, the rocky soil. Be ready for life to be hard. The second soil are those who thought they had faith, thought they understood, but they didn't actually have faith because as soon as the sun scorched, as soon as trials came, they were scorched by the sun and they fell away. One of the most unhelpful American lies is that prosperity is the norm and difficulty is an interruption of the norm. We as Christians have a totally different perspective. Difficulty, tribulation, and persecution are normal for us. When we face them, then we won't always enter crisis mode. We can consider it joy when we face trials, knowing that the testing produces perseverance, that God has promised to be with us because of what Jesus Christ has done. We have hope beyond these trials. Let's also combat emotionalism or confidence based on feelings. You see, some soils took the word with great joy, but there was no knowledge attached to it. There was no learning attached to it, and that joy fades, and then so does understanding of the word which never really was there let's combat lastly the temptations of the world here is the the third soil those with the thorns we get a, a glimpse of what it's like to have a little extra money and we start to get excited about our new change in lifestyle or we have new comforts that we didn't have before. These can be distracting. We see vacations on social media and think, yeah, that's, that's what my life needs to be about. Let's combat these cares of the world, these thorns that come in, these deceitfulness of riches, as Jesus puts it, the desires for other things. Let's remind ourselves of God's covenant with us. Let's remind ourselves what Jesus Christ has done so that when the thorns come, we know to kill the thorn, not the seed that has been planted. And Remember your baptism when you witness one. When you hear a profession of faith, remember your covenant relationship to our God. Remember his relationship to you. Remember Jesus Christ given for you. That's why we take this meal every Sunday. This is the gospel proclaimed every week. Let us be listeners where the word comes in and takes root and grows 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. You must understand how to understand in order to understand. Come in the Spirit's power. 
Depend on Him for your faith. Be dependent, humble listeners. Here's the word. In His love, God entered this world as the God-man Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He grew His kingdom. He equipped His disciples. And He took on the sins of His people in His righteous person on the cross. There He received the wrath deserved for your sins and for my sins. He then conquered the power of Satan by rising on the third day, victorious, giving life eternal to all who receive and rest on Christ alone for salvation. It's a glorious word. May it take root and may it multiply in our hearts.